Amen. Thank you for that song. That song is perfect for today. Um, and that's our prayer, that we would become more aware individually and collectively as a church, more aware of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, as we continue down our new uh, series, and it's a new series, but the title is New. Yeah, we talked last week about uh, the, that we receive a new heart, that, that the separation began with an unfaithful heart, and that's where the redemption and the rebuilding of God's creation begins in our heart individually. And we're going to talk today to a subject that's very closely related. We, we need a new heart because we need to receive the Spirit. In the Old Testament, um, God's presence was in the Holy of Holies, and it goes in great detail of what makes it holy and what sets it apart, and God's presence can only be there, and you can only access it through the high priest. So it, it emphasizes the importance and the magnitude and the glory of God's presence. And we know as we go through this new series, we'll talk about the new covenant, um, we know that with Christ... It teaches us that we now are the temple of God, and the presence of God abides in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. But our problem is that with our old hearts contaminated and stained with sin and selfishness and desires of the world, uh, that can't hold the Holy Spirit. So we need a new heart, as we talked about last week. And almost simultaneously with that new heart, when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, and he puts in us a new spirit. And we're going to talk about that today, and I think this is one of the most important things that we need to um, learn in our day, in our, in our faith walk today, to, as the song says, that we become more aware of of the presence of the Spirit in our lives. I think many people are thirsting for God and for the things of God and for the Spirit of God because we have too much interference. We have too many things between us and the Spirit that obscures us from it. So I'm going to read our scripture real quick here in just a second. Um, I meant real quick. I'm not going to read the scripture real quick. Um, but I wanted to throw in, this is the book. Um, it'll, it'll be where, on the website where you can find it and in the newsletter. Um, but this is the book we'll be studying in about four weeks after we get a good biblical foundation of law and grace. Seculosity by Dave Zoll. Okay. Okay, our scripture today comes out of, again out of Ezekiel, beginning in verse 24. Listen for the word of the Lord. I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit into you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow me, to follow my decrees, and to be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will save you from all of your uncleanliness. 
I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and your wicked deeds and you will loathe yourselves for the sins and the detestable practices, for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I am not doing this for your sake, declares the sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. So remember last week that he said, when I give you a new heart, you must uh, repent to be redeemed. You must acknowledge your sin. You must understand how off course you went, what took you there, right? And that's not just to, to, uh, for God to rub it in or uh, be a hierarchical God. It is for our own good. If we, if we don't acknowledge what sin is, if we don't know what is good and what is evil and the difference and how if we've gotten off the wrong path like Israel, had gotten way off path, sacrificing their own children and, and following the ways of the world and other gods um, and living in the eyes of God a detestable life. If you don't repent of your sins, identify how you got there. If you're way off track, you have to figure out how you got there so you can get back. But we understand that it is not us that bring ourselves back, but it is God. And so we're talking about how God uh, proclaims, Jesus proclaims uh, in Revelations that, Behold, I am making all things new, and that begins in the heart. We talked about last week that when you get to the heart of the matter, which Jesus teaches in Matthew on the, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount, that it is all about the heart of the matter. And just a little uh, reminder he said, you know, if you commit adultery, that, that starts here. That, the problem is here. That's an outward symptom of, of an inward problem. If you commit murder, yeah, that's an outward symptom of an inward uh, contaminated heart. Something's wrong here or else that would have never happened. So Jesus came to teach and then through the cross, get to the heart of the matter. We're all born with defective hearts. We're all born with, we're all contaminated with the sin of self and selfishness that is the root of our sin when we choose ourself over God and over others. And so we need a new heart. And the problem is the heart because we also learned last week that when you get down to the core of the law, according to Romans, according to Matthew and Jesus with the two greatest laws in Galatians, that at its core, at, at the foundation of all the law and the prophets, Jesus says in Matthew, is love. The law of love, Roman calls it. So it is all about loving others as Christ has loved us, selflessly, looking beneath all of our junk and our sin, our contaminated hearts, and seeing us, God's child, and loving us. And we're called to love others like that. But we're not born with the heart to do that. Jim McClurg, in the flesh, in his pettiness, in his insecurities, in all the other stuff I have, and I'm surprised I didn't hear some amens there. Um, um, I can't love like that. I need a new heart. 
And then when I have this new heart, it's not the heart that enables me. The heart allows the Spirit of God, a heart purified by the sacrifice and the love and the grace of Christ, is a place where the Holy Spirit can come. And this is important because the Holy Spirit, when we look at the Trinity, is the primary agency of the Trinity of God working in the world today. In the Old Testament, it was God in covenant with people, trying to be their God and them trying to be their people through faithfulness, their faithfulness, through covenant, through law. And we realize that doesn't work. <clears throat> and then uh, we, we understand that we can't do it on our own. And so something has to change. We have to have help. And Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sake, for our sins, to meet the, 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 sacrif the sacrificial offering for sin. Hebrews tells us about that, that he is the one unblemished, perfect sacrifice for all eternity. And because he's also our high priest, we don't need to go through a high priest. And he has sacrificed for us. But understand this. If Jesus just came and he died on the cross and he resur was resurrected from the grave and that was it, that does us no good. Okay? There has to be, in, in some of our liturgy in the Methodist Church, we go, and this is the mystery of the faith. And the mystery of the faith is what we're talking about now. That, that thing that makes it possible in ways we can't even imagine that Christ's sacrifice becomes our sacrifice. That Christ's resurrection, Romans 6 says, that we are dead and buried to our sin and we are raised anew with Christ. How does that happen? Anybody got a clue? The Holy Spirit. That is the power of God. It is the power of God that works in our heart. It is the power of God that does all the things we talk about. When we talk about regeneration, when we talk about being a new creation, changing our hearts, changing the old to the new, justification, sanctification, all that stuff, it is all the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not us. We can't do it. If we've learned nothing from biblical uh, understanding of the Old Testament, that is one of the primary points, if not the primary point, uh, when it's dealing with humans, not God. But dealing, the primary point about us is that we have sinned, we have fallen short, and we can't fix it. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of glory to God. And let me make a little side note here. It is so important that we understand that. We've, we've talked about it here in having a low anthropology. That means we've all sinned. We're, we're, we're destroying God's creation. We're, we're not living out what God wanted us to do. But we have to, if we don't have that, everything else is all out of sorts. I'm going to tell a little secret here. 
But if I, uh, I can't name names or positions. But it was somebody talking to somebody I knew in a superior position in the church. And somehow the second coming came into conversation. And this person who was in a higher position said, they started talking about the second coming, and he said, well, I don't know. I'm beginning to think maybe Jesus won't come back until we build a kingdom worthy for him to come back to. Now, I hope, I'm glad no one said amen to that. There are all kinds of things wrong with that. One, we're not building anything. Go back to the Old Testament, go back to what, I mean, churches, everything we do turns into some type of bureaucracy, and it might start every movement, every Christian movement that God had started great in, in throughout history eventually serves its purpose, whether it be Luther or Wesley or something, but then humans get a hold of it and choke the life out of it and become some big bureaucracy, and they lose their way. We ruin everything. Now, if you're a secular humanist, you don't like that. But that's the truth. Because that self creeps in. So we're not going to build anything. And the whole reason for the second coming, if you're studying the Bible, you can believe that, but you can't believe the Bible and believe that, is that we can't do it. So Jesus is coming back. But in the meantime, so we have to understand, we have to start where the Bible starts, we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we need a new heart. We need to be recreated. We need to be regenerated, justified, sanctified. We need to be, all of that needs to happen. And how does that happen? The Holy Spirit. And I think that's what's wrong with the church today. That's what's wrong in many Christians' lives, is that the, the Spirit is being blocked. That song just spoke to me after I did this message, Lord, that's our prayer. Make us aware of your spirit. But so often we can't even be aware of the spirit because we got too much junk. I heard a sermon. I listened to different things and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about the presence, but the presence is the Holy Spirit. When we pray, it's the Holy Spirit that comes that we want God's presence here, right? That's why we light the candle sometimes. Uh, to remind us, to remind us that the Spirit, that's what the flame, that's what the candle represents. The Holy Spirit is present, right? But that's what we want. But the, his analogy said, sometimes he thinks it's hard. And he's talking about it's a nice cold day. He says, when it's cold out, we get our snow pants on and our snow gear on, we layer up, we got layers, we got hats, we got face guards, we got gloves, so that when you go out into the cold, you can't feel it. And his analogy is, we got so many layers of junk and sin, the world, we, get, we are so layered up in the world, we're not one, we're not conscious of it, and we can't feel God's presence, we can't feel the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, because we got too many layers on. And that's depressing to me. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is doing the work of God and Christ in the world today. We, it does all. It says in Joel that in those end days, after Jesus comes, that his spirit would be poured out. And that we, this is the mystery of the faith. This is the things 
that allow all of this to happen, that Jesus says, he teaches three chapters in John uh, about the Holy Spirit. And he says, I must go. This is part of God's plan. I must go so that the Spirit can come because that is the very Spirit of Christ, the very Spirit of God. And Jesus says, I must go so I can send your counselor, so I can send the Spirit who will teach you all things, show you all things, remind you of all things, be your counselor, give you understanding. All of that stuff, Jesus says, this is what the Holy Spirit's going to do, and I need to send him. In fact, Jesus says, it's so important, you go to Jerusalem and don't leave the room, don't do anything until I come back in the form of the Holy Spirit. That tells you right there, he knows they're going to mess it up, right? Wait until you receive the promise that I've given you. Because it is the Holy Spirit. You have the death and the resurrection and all that that means to us. And you have Jesus Christ and you have us. And the only way that becomes real to us, only way that begins to work in in our life is if we are united with Christ by the Holy Spirit. We are joined together. I was cleaning out my drawers at home, and um, I, I, they're just all messy. They're built up. And I pulled out an adapter for one of my trips to Africa. That's how long it's been. It's been four or five years. And, and I thought about that, right? It, it, it's our electronics, and I, I forgot all somebody in here. I bet you could tell me. European standard, what is it? No, I know, but do you know the standard? Okay, I would have guessed you would. I don't. Uh, but we need an adapter because it doesn't go together. That's the same with us. Sinful humanity and a pure and holy Christ and God don't go together. It's oil and water. It can't mix. We need an adapter to join us, to unite us together so that we can receive the power of God. What is the adapter? Holy Spirit, feel free to answer if you know. The Holy Spirit, exactly. That's what joins us to Christ. That's why Romans says, I can can be dead and buried to my sin and to the flesh and to be raised again as a new creation into new life with a new heart and a new spirit. We don't do that. We can't do that on our own. We need the adapter. We need the Holy Spirit that unites us with Christ. And then all of a sudden, his sacrifice becomes our sacrifice. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. His faithfulness becomes our faithfulness. And we are saved not by anything we have done, but what God has done for us in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's so important. Oh, this is a long sermon. Um, so it, it regenerates us, it renews us. Just give you some examples from Scripture. Um, when it comes to the world, as I said, the agent of the Trinity that's working in the world and the church and believers' lives is the Holy Spirit. It justifies us. Romans 5.9 says, Therefore, one man's trespasses led to all condemnation, So one man's acts of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. That's true. 
But that means nothing to us unless we're united with Christ. How are we united with Christ? By the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9, 11 says, But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, if you've been united with Christ, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who was raised from the dead dwells in you, if the Spirit of him who was raised from the dead dwells in you, you are raised... He who raised Christ from the dead will give you life, will give life to your mortal bodies also through the Spirit who dwells in you. The justification, see that? That's Romans 8 9. Go look at it. It is being united in Christ by the Holy Spirit, it sanctifies us. Galatians, live by the Spirit, I say to you, not to gratify the desires of the flesh. For the Spirit desires, for the flesh desires are are opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law, because the law is spiritual. I don't need, if, I'm, if I have all my layers off, I've kind of stripped down to, the, to just me, I can receive the Spirit. And if I'm walking in the Spirit, I don't need the law to tell me, don't steal, don't be mean, don't say that, don't do this. Because I'm not going to. It's going to disagree with the Spirit. I don't know if I, if I told you this. Oh, man. I've I got to leave a lot of good stuff on the table. Um, um, but one of the things when I became to the Lord, I was in my early 20s and just like I was very worldly uh, athlete, football player, partier, I was just your normal worldly person, right? And I cussed like a sailor. And when I became a Christian and received the Spirit, things began to change. And I was like, I need to change some of my behavior. And I set out to change some of the bigger behavior problems. Never, 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 never said I need to stop cussing. That was way down the list. But over time, I realized I'd kind of stopped because it just disagreed with something in me. Now don't, every time I use this example, people come up and say, well, I don't cuss anymore. I don't care if you cuss. Every now and then I slip one in when I'm talking to my wife just to see if she's listening. <laughs> so that's not the point. The point is, it just kind of went away because when I say that, it, it, it disagreed with something that was now in me. I didn't see the need for it. Or it just didn't feel right. That was the Holy Spirit. So we need to shed the layers. It, it, it also it convicts us. we got to be open. When we pull off the layers and we don't have our defenses up, the Holy Spirit can say, this is what you need to work on, Jim. But so often we have so many layers and defensiveness that we say, well, there's nothing wrong with me. And so we just live into the same struggles we've had all along because we, we, we won't let the conviction of the Spirit come to us. And so we don't admit anything's wrong. It allows us to understand. 1 Corinthians 1 says, you know, we can't even understand the things of God without the very Spirit of God. Because who can know the Spirit of God except those that have the Spirit of God? That's why you, we walk around and we see people in the world that 
say stuff like, no, humans are pretty good and have a high anthropology. Even though you look around the world, it doesn't make any sense. You're like, how can you say that? They can't see it. There's too many layers. And the list goes on. The point is everything, everything that God is doing in the church and in our lives in this in-between time of the first and the second coming, while Jesus is Lord over the church, the Holy Spirit is Lord in the church. The Holy Spirit is the one that's in your heart, transforming, sanctifying, justifying, revealing, convicting. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that unites us with Christ, that makes his death our death, that makes his resurrection our resurrection. And so go back to that song. The song is, Lord, make us aware of your spirit. Shed, your, shed the layers. Now everyone's going to go, our pastor said we should all go streaking. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking your spiritual stuff. Spread all that stuff and let the Spirit in. It's going to convict you. It's going to sanctify. It's going to regenerate you. It's going to reveal to you. But it's going to all be worth it. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. uh, God says in Ezekiel, a day is coming when I'm going to give you a new heart. And remove that hard heart, that selfish heart, that contaminated heart, that defective heart. And I'm going to give you a new heart. And with that new heart, now you can have the presence of God himself through Christ in you. He's going to give us a new spirit. He's going to give us his spirit. I don't have a good ending now because I've edited it. So let's stop right there. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy, and I thank you for your spirit. Lord, I pray, it is my earnest prayer that we would remove the layers that are keeping us from feeling the wind of your spirit in our lives and in our hearts, that is preventing the change and the the continued recreation of our hearts and the regeneration of our mind and of our spirit. So Lord, send your spirit. Make us anew in this year of 2022. In Jesus' name, amen.